Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, where legends share legendary stories. Presented by Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. This episode, In the Dugout, with Houston Astros legend Jeff Bagwell. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, where legends share legendary stories. This episode is presented by Town Play Suites, Waco Northeast, a home run of a hotel. We celebrate Jeff Bagwell in this episode. I had a chance to chat with him at a recent TriStar Productions autograph show in Houston. Bagwell had a tremendous 15-year career for the Astros in which he won both Rookie of the Year and National League MVP honors. He was enshrined into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in 2004 and was elected into the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2017. He finished his career a four-time All-Star, a three-time Silver Slugger winner with 449 home runs, and a gold glove to his credit. He spent his entire major league career with the Houston Astros. Bagwell was born in Boston, Massachusetts, and grew up in Connecticut. He tells us how he got started in baseball. I guess just like most kids up there, but my father was a baseball player, played at Northeastern University, played a little bit in semi-professional baseball, and just you know, being a Red Sox fan my entire life. It's always been a part of my life. Jeff Bagwell played high school baseball at Xavier High School in Middletown, Connecticut. He played college baseball at the University of Hartford, also in Connecticut. He was drafted in the fourth round of the 1989 June Amateur Draft by the Boston Red Sox, the team he cheered for as a kid growing up. Not only did he cheer for the Red Sox, his entire family were Red Sox fans. You can imagine what it was like when Bagwell was drafted by Boston. Oh my God, it was the biggest thing in the entire world of my family to get signed by my hometown team that we loved. Um, it was, it was, it was a, it was a huge day for our family. Bagwell played third base and hit over 300 for the Red Sox Class A team in Winter Haven. The club bumped him up to their Double A affiliate in New Britain, Connecticut for the 1990 season. He hit 333 playing third base for the New Britain Red Sox. Here you had a kid who was born in Boston, grew up in a Red Sox family, playing double-A ball in the state he grew up in just about 20 minutes from where he went to high school. Plus, New Britain's manager was Butch Hobson, who held the Red Sox single-season record for most home runs by a third baseman and a guy who played alongside some of the greatest legends in team history like Carlton Fisk, Carl Yastrzemski, and Jim Rice. Hobson even was quoted as saying that Bagwell reminded him a lot of himself. Plus, Bagwell led the Eastern League in hitting that year. It truly was like a dream come true for anybody who loves baseball. Until late that season, Bagwell received some news during a series against the Albany Colony Yankees. Well, I was playing in Albany, New York against the Yankees. We had three days left in the season. 
Had to win one out of three games to make the playoffs in the first game. Our pitching coach went out and told our manager that I was traded. He came over to me, brought me in the dugout, and said that I got traded to the Astros. And I'm like, what? Uh, I said, for who? He goes, Larry Anderson. I said, I don't know who that is. And he goes, well, he goes, he was mad. Uh, he said, I told him not to do it, blah, blah, blah. So that's when I found out. Bagwell, the kid born in Boston who cheered for the Red Sox along with his entire family, was now headed to the Lone Star State. He told Sports Illustrated that he was, quote, one of the saddest guys you'll ever see, and that his grandma actually cried when she got the news. The trade, however, turned out to be a huge opportunity that Bagwell soon greatly appreciated and enjoyed. Longtime Astros radio announcer Bill Brown shares with us his memories of the trade that brought future Hall of Famer Jeff Bagwell to Houston. The Astros wanted to get younger and it fit the profile of what they needed to do. And I've talked to Bill Wood, the general manager at the time, about this. And there was a list of, of different Red Sox prospects that the Astros and Red Sox were talking about for Anderson. And um, he felt that there was a left-handed pitcher, and he didn't remember his name, the Red Sox had, that was pretty intriguing to him. And they were going back and forth about which player they should ask for from Boston. But, you know, Boston had such a backlog of third basemen. They had four or five really strong major league and prospects in their organization. And uh, so, uh, you know, one of the scouts who was following the Red Sox recommended Bagwell, and he was pretty strong about it, and they wound up going in that direction. But, you know, they weren't targeting Bagwell from the beginning. He was one of a few players they were talking about. Houston had their own regular starting third baseman in Ken Caminiti, but Hope Springs Eternal in spring training. Astros assistant general manager Bob Watson offered Bagwell a fantastic opportunity during spring training of 1991. Well, it was very simple. I was playing third base. Ken Caminiti was having a great spring. Ten days left in spring training. I thought I was getting sent down. Bob Watson called me in the office and said, well, you can either play third base in AAA or first base in the big leagues. What do you want to do? <laughs> I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I can figure that one out. So I had a 10-day crash course in first base. Bob Robinson uh, used to play for Pittsburgh. Gave me a 10-day crash course in first, and that's where I played the rest of my career. Majors or minors? Pretty easy answer for anybody. Bill Brown gives us a little more information about the Astros' situation defensively at both first and third base that spring. Ken Caminetti was the starting third baseman. Bagwell looked nowhere near the level of competency at third base defensively as Caminetti's level. He was not close to that. And, you know, I've talked with Jeff about this. I've interviewed him about it. And, and um, of course, he knew that he was nowhere close to Caminetti. But, um, you know, he had just been traded, and he was uh, trying to make the club or find out where he fit in the organization. And, uh, so his dad said to him, well, you know, AAA isn't bad. <laughs> you know, that's the way spring training was going because he had been a AA the year before and that still would have been an advancement for him. He'd be a step closer to the big leagues. And then with about 10 days to go in spring training, Bagwell came in to, uh, and Bob Watson was the general manager and 
came into the manager's office and Art Howe was the manager and they said, uh, well, would you be interested in uh, moving over to first base uh, because you have a chance to be in the big leagues. Mike Sims was the front runner for the job and he had been a part-time player for the Astros, but he was not having a good spring. He had never really proven himself as a major leaguer, so I guess the top brass had seen enough to know that we're in some trouble there at first base and, and if Bagwell could learn the position, they would give him a chance. And there was a coach, Bob Robertson, in the Astros organization in the minor leagues who had been a major league first baseman who worked with him. So Jeff has credited him with uh, helping him learn first base. To give you a little background about Bob Robertson, who Bagwell mentioned gave him a crash course in playing first base, Robertson might not be a player you'd be able to name, but you might be familiar with his most famous moment. He was the Pittsburgh Pirates' first baseman in 1971, and he was the guy who hit a three-run homer for Pittsburgh in the 1971 World Series after missing the bunt sign from his third base coach. Trading Larry Anderson for Jeff Bagwell turned out to be an enormous win for the Astros. At the time, however, it went a bit under the radar in Houston. The Astros made two trades at the trading deadline, and the Houston Chronicle placed much greater attention on the Astros trading Bill Doran to Cincinnati. Only a few paragraphs were allotted to the Bagwell deal. The paper quoted Houston GM Bill Wood as saying that the Astros were committed to focusing on offense in the 1990s and that Bagwell was an above-average offensive player who fit the bill. When we return, we'll talk about Jeff Bagwell's career as a major leaguer for the Houston Astros on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Presented by Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. Hi guys, this is the Rocket, Roger Clemens, and you're listening to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. Located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll also enjoy the Tamplay Suites' free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you come to Waco, make the Tamplay Suites' Waco Northeast your home base on the road. Welcome back to In the Dugout with Jeff Bagwell on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. When we left off, Jeff Bagwell was about to start his outstanding career with the Houston Astros, a career in which he would put up enormous offensive numbers. Great players, however, are rarely fully described by their statistics. They have intangibles that can't quite be quantified, but define who they are and what they're capable of. Bill Brown shares with us a story 
about the moment Astros manager Art Howe recognized Bagwell's potential greatness. It happened on opening day in 1991. Well, Art Howe told me that he recognized it on opening day in Cincinnati when Jeff came up and it was the ninth inning and it was, you know, the Reds were up by maybe a couple of runs and there was a runner on second and Bagwell uh, was at the plate against Rob Dibble. Dibble's throwing about 98 and Dibble threw one under his chin and knocked him down. Bagwell got up and hit, he smoked the ball up the middle, but the shortstop, Larkin, made a good play on it and got him out. I think it was the final out of the game. But he said, I knew then we had a player on our hands because, you know, here's a guy who throws one near his head and he has the presence to get back in that batter's box and have a great at bat and hit the ball hard. You can't measure that kind of heart in a ball player. And Bagwell wasn't just hitting against a Joe Schmo reliever in that at-bat. Rob Dibble was the most valuable player of the National League Championship Series the previous year and was a big part of those Cincinnati Reds winning the World Series. Dibble was a premier reliever and Bagwell was playing in his first Major League game. Yet the star wasn't able to intimidate the young Astro. Bagwell hit his first Major League home run on April 15th at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta. It was a two-run dinger with two outs in the top of the ninth that lifted Houston to a 3-1 victory. He also hit one of the longest home runs of the season, a 450-foot shot into the upper deck at Pittsburgh. At season's end, he led the Astros in home runs and RBIs, and finished second on the team in hits, average, and runs scored. He won the National League's Rookie of the Year Award, the first Houston Astro to win Rookie of the Year honors. It was a sign of things to come. Bagwell's power continued to develop. He started his career as more of a line drive hitter than a slugger, but his home run production reached 20 in 1993 and climbed to 39 in a strike-shortened 1994. He led the National League in RBIs, runs scored, total bases, and slugging percentage that season and won the 1994 National League Most Valuable Player Award. Curiously, the American League's Most Valuable Player Award that year went to Frank Thomas, both Bagwell and Thomas were born on the same day, May 27, 1968. Bagwell was a unanimous choice for National League MVP, netting all 28 first place votes. Bagwell was only the fourth National League player to win the award unanimously, following in the footsteps of Carl Hubble, Orlando Cepeda, and Mike Schmidt. At the time, only Babe Ruth Lou Gehrig and Rogers Hornsby owned a higher single-season slugging percentage in all of Major League history. Bagwell became the first-ever Astro to win the Most Valuable Player Award. Despite the shortened season, he set franchise single-season records in home runs and RBIs. Home runs weren't the only batting stat that significantly increased for Bagwell in the first few years of his career. 
His walk total jumped from 79 to 135 bases on balls between the 1995 and 96 season. He set a franchise record with 149 walks in 1999. I struck out too many times too, but I did walk about 100 times a year, um, so it kind of evened out a little bit. But just basically, I'm not swinging at pitches I can't hit because, in, you know, you get to the big leagues, you swing at balls, you're going to make outs. And I was fortunate enough to have some play discipline. Larry Durker took over as the manager of the Houston Astros for the 1997 season. 1997 kicked off a golden period of Astros baseball, and the team won the National League Central Division four out of five seasons. Bagwell was unquestionably a major part of the Astros' success during that time, and he, along with fellow Hall of Famer Craig Biggio, were two of the primary leaders in Houston's clubhouse. Durker gave us a manager's perspective of what it was like to have Jeff Bagwell on the team. He was quiet. He was relentless in terms of his focus. His intensity on the field, he never missed anything. His instincts were great. Unlike a lot of superstars, he didn't create any bad vibrations in the locker room. Instead, he led by example. And while I would say he's a player that a manager would love, any manager, he was also a player's player. All the guys on the team admired him. And if we had a young guy come in, a rookie or something like that, and he'd watch Jeff go about his business, uh, I really think it had a lot to do with whatever success may have uh, accrued to me because everybody thought that we played heads-up baseball. I had players come up to me around the batting cage from other teams saying they were going to be a free agent and they hoped that uh, they'd have a chance to sign with the Astros. And I think that you know it all goes back to Bagwell and Biggio and the atmosphere they created where anything except your best would just not be tolerated. You can hear more from Larry Durker and listen to him tell great stories from his exceptional career in episode nine of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. You can also hear Larry Durker's This Day in Baseball collection at 49sfastball.com. Jeff Bagwell was noted for having an odd batting stance. In 1994, he received sage advice from the great Tony Gwynn, who handed him an autographed bat that was inscribed, Keep Your Batting Stance. Bagwell continued to build big numbers despite his unique stance. He knocked in over 100 RBIs nine times in an 11-year stretch during his career. He led the National League in runs three times, and his 152 runs scored during the 2000 season is the most in Major League Baseball since Lou Gehrig in 1936. He stole at least 10 bases in 10 of his big league seasons and stole at least 30 bases twice. He collected over 1,400 walks in his career, which placed him in the top 30 of all time. He amassed 449 career home runs, which comfortably landed him within the top 50 in baseball history. Bill Brown shared with us some insights about Bagwell's all-around ability. Much like the tremendous heart he showed on the diamond, not all of his skills showed up in box scores and stat columns. The unusual combination of power, being able to steal bases, good defensive player, and not only being able to steal bases, but just the savvy base runner that he was. He hardly 
made mistakes knowing when to go from first to third. He knew when balls were going to fall in in front of the outfielder. He didn't have to hold up. He just took off. So the, the way he read the ball off the bat, the way he knew when to steal a base, uh, all those things just stamped him as a very intelligent player. Bagwell was inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in 2004. He spoke about what the honor means to him. It means a lot. I mean, Texas is a big state. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been a heck of a lot of great athletes on all, all types of sports in this state. So to be a part of that group, obviously, is very special. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Presented by Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. It's a home run of a hotel. Come visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco. And when you do, book a stay at the Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast.